The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your first look for this week's AT&T, Byron Nelson. And joining me to break it all down, it's Sia Najad. Sia, what up? Uh, what is going on, man? Listen, I got golf in the background here. We were talking before the show. I have a six for six in a really big tournament, and it might fall out of the cash somehow, which doesn't even seem statistically possible. But here I am actually looking forward to next week, the AT&T Byron Nelson, instead of sweating what what should be like a top 50 or maybe a, a top 20 lineup. So here I yeah. am. In a week where six of sixes were probably 5%, uh, see us sweating the cut line <laughs> with a six of six is pretty, is pretty wild. If your lineups are done, uh, welcome to the AT&T Byron Nelson. Here it is. Is. This event, Sia, uh, we're going to talk about in depth, but the the big thing is is the new course. We're going to TPC Craig Ranch. Uh, we have never seen this on the PGA Tour schedule. We've seen it a handful of times, I believe, on the Corn Ferry Tour. But how are we going to go about uh, our research this week with lack of information? I mean, it's a good question. I mean, we, we do have some tidbits of information here in terms of uh, what the course is going to play like. I, I know you had seen some things that, that I'm sure you're going to talk about, flyovers and things of that nature. But uh, I'll tell you what, what we do know so far, uh, and obviously, Rick, you're going to add to this. There's a lot of metrics that I think apply to this tournament, and this is my opinion, that that we saw in the last couple of tournaments, particularly with the long irons. I think that's going to play here. You know, we've got a par 72. I, I believe it's about 7,500 yards. Um, I, I think we're going to see, like for me, I, I think I'm going to be focusing on guys off the tee in the long iron game in particular. The... Official scorecard has it at 7,468. Of course, that will fluctuate shorter and longer over the course of each day. Looking at this scorecard, it, it is... It's really traditional, in my opinion, Sia. It's got the four par threes, the four par fives. Each, uh, both nine and eighteen are par fives. So as you make the turn, you're going to get one, and as you come in to finish your rounds, you're going to get a par five. The par threes, uh, all of them, or excuse me, three of them over two hundred yards. One seventeen will play about one hundred and forty-seven yards, and then we've got a couple of short par fours that that guys might be able to take advantage. I, I don't know, and we'll talk about how I. I felt about the the flyover this to me is a very very traditional setup yeah and it's going to be gettable too and, and i don't know if that's really a synonym for for traditional in this particular instance but i think you know the, the par fives are going to be reachable um you know some of the par fours are longer some some of them aren't but i think this is a pretty straightforward course that we're, we're actually going to see a lot better scoring let's say this week than we're seeing right now um in the tournament that's that's uh finishing 
I think that's fair. I, I saw the drone flyover. So there's a video on YouTube. It had like 50 views when I saw it. Hopefully it has more now, but it's it's literally a drone flyover of TPC Craig Ranch. It's from a couple of months ago when they started constructing the um, the grandstands, I think. So you can kind of get a feel for where everything is going to be going and see a... I don't see the trouble. I, I mean, yeah. there, there's, there's kind of this like weird river type thing that kind of meanders its way through some of the holes. You can kind of see it uh, run up the length of some, some, some fairways. But yeah, there, there are some holes that have tree lined fairways. But you got to be pretty far off to get into trouble. I, I just think these guys are going to find a lot of open spaces. You mentioned there's a couple of short par fours. All of the par fives are gettable. I don't see the the danger. I think it's going to be something real dirty under par unless the wind blows. Yeah, and when you consider that this is a pretty talented field relative to what we normally have in the AT&T, AT&T Byron Nelson. So I think we're going to see like really, really low scores. I think we're going to see some eagles. I think we're going to see a lot of birdie streaks. Um, you know, I, I've already, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this later. But, you know, when you look at the field here and you look at this course and sort of a, the lack of resistance, it doesn't mean it's going to be super easy for everybody, by the way. I mean, there, there's there's definitely you know some players that excel for example off the tee and with those long irons 175 to 200 200 plus more than the others but uh with that said that the cream is going to rise to the to the top for sure Let's talk a little bit of history before we talk about this field. This event does date back to 1944. That was 77 years ago. Of course, the first was won by Byron Nelson. $2,000 for the winner's share in 1944. See, a much different than the $1.4 million that first place is going to get this week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious what the adjustment for inflation is there, but <laughs> golf has really taken taken a turn. I mean, honestly, you, you know, the way I perceive purses like this, you know, ever since for me, at least with my experience, ever since Tiger sort of started with 96, 97, these purses started to gradually get really higher and higher and higher. And I, I think that is a product of Tiger Woods to a large degree. But the point is, yeah, it's it's a different ball game now. And that's a credit to the PGA Tour and it's a credit to golf in general. Um, this is a big sport that, that demands um, big money. There was no event in 2020. Sung Kang is our defending champion. He won it in 2019. Aaron Wise the year prior. Billy Horschel in 2017. Sergio Garcia won it for the second time in 2016. And Stephen Bowditch won it in 2015, rounding out our most recent years. But the field looks a lot stronger this time around. Let's go through some of these notables. Bryson DeChambeau back in action, makes the cut on the number, has to fly back, has a great weekend at Quail. Hollow now gets to go to a course where I don't again I don't see much trouble off the tee. This might be uh, kind of a, a hit and giggle for Bryson when he arrives in 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 McKinney, Texas this week. I totally agree. I think Bryson is a guy. You know, I've already done some initial modeling, and surprise, surprise, the the model that I did, Bryson's number four. So I mean, there's and there's there's a lot of guys that sort of I think fit the Bryson mold that might be long off the tee um, that are going to really excel here. How about Dustin Johnson? He's a guy who is certainly long off the tee. I think there are more question marks about his game than maybe some of the other top players. We know he missed the cut at the Masters. He had an okay finish, a T13 at the RBC Heritage, and then a T48 at Valspar. So this is this is a stretch of golf, call it six tournaments in a row, that are 
Dustin Johnson underperforming his lofty standards. How do we view DJ heading into a week where he's going to try to get that game into form before he gets to Kiowa? It's a really good question. I mean, for me, at least initially, I think I'm going to be more off Dustin Johnson than I am on. And, and I hate to get into the narratives of, of hey, people are just kind of warming up and, and they don't necessarily, quote, want to win. It's, it's really all about the PGA Championship. I, I don't know that that really holds true for many of the golfers. And so I think that narrative is kind of tired. But when it comes to guys like DJ and when you consider his current form, I actually think that kind of holds true for him, that he's just not quite there yet. And he's using this tournament to kind of bridge the gap before the PGA Championship. So um, that's not a guy I'm going to be leaning on. We can certainly wildly speculate about the health of Brooks Kepka, who's going to be making his debut, his first tournament since missing the cut at the Masters. I was stunned to even see him at the Masters. We know he had a procedure done on his knee. He, we know he wasn't 100% or he, probably anywhere close to it at Augusta National. But you look at the events before the Masters. T2 at the workday. That was kind of before the procedure was done. T38 at the Genesis. Then he won the Phoenix Open. I assume, and again, maybe I should not assume, Sia, that after a break like this, teeing it back up, he is closer to 100% than he was when we saw him down in Georgia. I totally agree. And it's funny because from a DFS standpoint, which of course we'll talk about on the show tomorrow, I am so curious to see what his salary is on DraftKings because he could potentially be a really popular guy if the price is right. I don't really think there's any reason to pivot off of Brooks Kepka if if we deem him a value. And, and I don't know what a value is in this field. I don't exactly know what his price would be. I mean, we can speculate, but I like Brooks this week. Also making his first start since the Masters is Jordan Spieth, the native Texan, a T3 at the Masters, the win at the Valero Texas Open the week before that, the deep run at the match play in his start before that. He played well at API, Pebble Beach, Phoenix Open, all these top tens for Jordan Spieth. There's not much negative to say about the state of his game, especially as he goes back to uh, Texas in a place where he should have pretty decent success. Totally agree. I mean, you know, his bugaboo, at least at the beginning of this year, was off the tee game. Um, you know, as I look at his proximity last 36 rounds for those 200 plus yard iron shots, um, it's not fantastic. So th there are sort of uh, chinks in the in the armor, if you will. But at the same time, you know, it, again, I, I you know, home game might be a little overused, but but he is obviously, you know, a Texas boy. And, and I think uh, I think he's going to do great here. It's going to be hard deciphering between him and Brooks Kepka and, and guys like Bryson DeChambeau for sure. The pricing when it comes out on Monday, the odds when they come out on Monday, I think are going to be incredibly fascinating. I have no idea how to feel about Brooks Kepka in the moment, and I have no idea how to feel about Hideki Matsuyama in the moment, who is going to be teeing it up for the first time since donning a green jacket at Augusta National. We know he spent a lot of time back in Japan. He had to do the two-week quarantine. He flies back. This is the first time we are going to see him play. How are we perceiving Hideki this week, or is it very much uh, dictated by the numbers that that come out on Monday. I so can't wait for our DFS show tomorrow with Greg because, <laughs> the, like, I have no idea. Like, you know, last week we speculated about uh, about pricing on some of the guys, and we were largely right. And but I am almost afraid to speculate about pricing now because 
Hideki could, I mean, you know, the, the Masters win, how much is that valued? You know, he he's on a break prior to the Masters. He wasn't necessarily great for an extended period of time. So I, I like Hideki, but I have a feeling that he's going to be priced high enough for me not to want to put him in my lob. And for the record, my model, which is an initial kind of thing, which might get tweaked, he's right around 20th. So, I mean, relative to what his price is probably going to be, I'm not so sure I'm going to be on Hideki. John Rahm just snapped the longest made cut streak on the PGA Tour. That now goes to Joaquin Neiman. So when you have, this is always what I find interesting. You have a guy who, you know, for 20-something events in a row has never missed a cut. He's been piling up top 10 finishes. He finally misses one. He's going to go to a course that should continue to allow him to bomb it uh, without any regard for uh, accuracy. Not that he's an inaccurate driver of the golf ball, but this is a place that should reward the good driver is this a buy low opportunity on john rock again it depends on the pricing but (laughs) but in terms of perception i think it is i mean first of all we have to remember what happened on friday afternoon for all of those people who missed the cut they got a really bad end of the weather so i'm not saying you should throw away you know the missed cuts but you should consider it's almost like a case-by-case basis with with john rom i actually don't think and i'm not looking at the strokes gain metrics right now uh, rick but i don't think he i watched it i i don't think he played that poorly i mean he he barely missed the cut and he was dealing with the weather i mean this guy just like you know this week versus last week he's going to rate out the same he's going to be super high in anyone's model he rates out almost i mean it's just kind of ridiculous the numbers on this guy so i think it's a great opportunity to go back to john raw he was ninth in the field in strokes gained off the tee through the first two rounds he was a slightly positive approach player and he was terrible around the greens and terrible on the greens if that is the model i think i'm willing to go back to john rahm and assume he's not going to hemorrhage strokes in the short game uh too often so okay well monday will be here before we know it you i and greg are going to break down uh the dfs uh, 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 board for the week, but let's let's take a crack at you know who's the favorite of of this event. Like we've got Bryson here, we have DJ here, we have Spieth here. I can't imagine Brooks is in that conversation, but you also have John Rom. What do we think this is going to look like tomorrow morning? That's a great question. I think John Rahm's going to remain at the top because I just don't think I can make an argument for Bryson ahead of him in spite of him making the cut and having a nice Saturday and Sunday. So I think it's going to be John Rom and maybe Bryson right behind him. I think Jordan Spieth will be shorter than what I what I think he should be. I just think we're getting the Jordan Spieth momentum again. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I also agree. I believe John Rahm will be the favorite. Call, I don't know what you want to call it, 9 to 1, 10 to 1, whatever it's going to end up being. I think Jordan Spieth will be right there along with Bryson DeChambeau. Are, are we going to see, although I don't know, because are we going to see, we can't possibly see Dustin Johnson as like the fourth favorite in this field. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, DJ is going to be right there with with Spieth, I think. I think he's going to be third or fourth. Those guys are going to be just intermingled. That I don't think the number is going to make much of a difference in the sense that one's going to be 10 to 1, one's going to be 12 to 1, and maybe yeah. one's going to be 14 to 1. I think Spieth will probably be in that more like that 14, 15 to 1, or 14. I would just roll everybody out at 12 to 1 and say, have at it, boys. Bet, bet what you will, and then I'll adjust later because I'm not trying to figure these guys out uh, beforehand. That's, that's the way that I would handle it, but that's probably why I do not make the odds at the See ya. <laughs> I think that's actually a good way to handle it, to be honest with you. Let the market uh, determine what, what they're going to end up at. 
and then also what we'll have to do is remember, you know, this is the final event before the PGA Championship. So if there are, you know, we you, you probably already missed the boat on Rory McIlroy. His numbers have have been slashed in the last four or five days. But we have to keep in mind if any of these big names play particularly well uh, at the Byron Nelson, you might see those odds for Kiowa shorten even further. So you kind of got to I don't want to say it's a look ahead game, but you kind of have to think ahead to what might happen if you want to bet the PGA championship. Yeah, especially those guys that are maybe in that sort of like 35, 40 to 50 to one range that if they do really well here, all of a sudden it might be or win. It might be like 22 to one or 26 to one or whatever. Like there's guys like Sergio or, or Scotty Scheffler, guys that really have, you know, can do well on this course or have done well at this course. If they come out in, in top two or, or win this thing, um, that their, their prices are going to be slashed for sure. Like Brooks Kepka, I think is a good, a good candidate for that. He's 18 to one at William Hill. If he contends or wins, he'll be down with the favorites heading into the PGA championship. Hideki's at 25 to one. I could see some movement there if he continues to play well. So just a couple of guys that I think we need to keep an eye on. Um, if you're, if you're wanting to get in for Kiowa. Yeah, totally agree. But I think that'll do it. Our first look for the AT&T Byron Nelson. Let me thank Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. We will be back on Monday with our full DFS preview as we do each and every week. But for now, let me thank Sia Najad, who you can find on Twitter at Sia Najad. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.